0: Admitted him to the ICU.
1: Oh, I, I heard
0: that one. <laughs> uh, all right. I'm looking forward to this. Well, welcome back, everyone. Excited that we're finally recording again. Uh, we have a pretty solid group uh, on today's podcast. Plus Arun is here too.
1: Hello, guys. I was gonna say define solid.
2: <laughs> it's
1: an honor.
0: So um, we have this year's in-training data, and we've highlighted some topics that we could use improvement on as a group. Uh, You know, sometimes we get to uh, nerd out about Stills disease and atypical flutters and fun stuff like that. And sometimes we need to just identify asymptomatic bacteriuria and uh, DKA. So with that, let's get into it. Uh, We're going to do a quick recap of asymptomatic bacteriuria, uh, when to treat, when not to treat, kind of what to look for. So I guess my first question for you guys is how do you actually define asymptomatic bacteriuria and then say that three times fast?
1: Shonda, you wanna go first? It's it's probably as hard as your last name, so. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess asymptomatic bacteriuria would probably be, uh, you know, again, like, you know, if you have patients who have like, uh, you know, urine culture that's positive for any type of typical microorganisms, like, let's say, including like E. coli, um, you know, uh, Klebsiella, um, Proteus, usually these are like our main um, organisms, typically in the urine that you usually find. But the main uh, differentiator, as you can tell from like the, the, the name itself is the symptoms. So basically if you have a patient coming in and they have a positive urine culture, um, with any of these common microorganisms, um, it's just kind of, if they have these symptoms of, let's say dysuria, or if they have symptoms of like, you know, urinary frequency or suprapubic pain, um, you know, burning micturation, these are all the type of symptoms that we typically um, look for in, um, in all our patients, um, especially if they have a positive urine culture. So um, that's kind of the, you know, the, the, the super basic definition um, of asymptomatic bacteria. Um, and then, you know, obviously we can talk a little bit more about um, what are the hard criteria of like how much would really constitute a positive urine col- uh, culture or mm-hmm. not. So.
1: Yeah. So, so yeah, exactly. I mean, um, I think the only thing, just like you said, the hard cutoff, I mean, so bacterial colonies greater than like a hundred thousand would be considered bacteria. And then the fact that they, you know, the patient doesn't have any of those symptoms that you mentioned um, you know, I think that would qualify under what we would see as uh, asymptomatic bacteria. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And this is something you'll definitely come across a lot. Like on an, for me on a weekly basis on the wards, a UA is checked for whatever reason. It's um, estimated that between one and five percent of all patients will have colonization, and oh, with catheter patients, uh, that could be up to a hundred percent of catheters. The this, the plastic is just a, a nice sticky landing spot for certain bacteria, yep. so you really have to differentiate. Um, I guess so. That's the definition. Um, Shuna, you mentioned looking for symptoms. That's super important. Yep. Um, let me ask you: Is there a time, and this is like, if you're only paying attention for 10 seconds of this talk, is there a yeah. time that you should just treat the urine, regardless of their symptoms?
1: Um, you know, I think uh, there's a couple of indications where, you know, even if they're asymptomatic, um, where it's indicated, you know, these can be in like pregnant patients, um, patients undergoing urological procedures, um, and uh, patients actually who, received, uh, who recently received renal transplantation. Um, so those are, a couple, those are a couple of patients that would require um, treatment. Um, and I, I don't know if you have any additional ones. No, that,
0: that's pretty much it. The, the pregnancy, that's actually the time we screen for it. And you yeah. do treat it if it's asymptomatic. And I will add the caveat that when it's a urologic procedure, it's not like a cystoscopy or a yeah. Foley placement. It's when you're expecting mucosal bleeding. Yeah. Because if there's bacteria, the way I think about it is if there's bacteria in the bladder and you biopsy cause bleeding, you can get bacterium from that. So it's not every single urologic procedure. So I'll usually talk to the urologist about how invasive the procedure is on the wards and decide then. But for the purposes of your boards exam, those are really the two things to watch for: are they pregnant? Are are they undergoing a procedure? Outside of that, you should not really treat it. Uh, can I ask you guys what are some downsides to treating asymptomatic bacteriuria?
2: Resistance, my uh, antibiotic resistance.
0: Yeah, that's that is the the number one. You know. That's how we get all these ESBLs and uh, CREs and crazy you know resistance uh, uh, bacteria. Um, so don't treat it unnecessarily. Um, you know, there's other side effects. Any antibiotic can give you diarrhea, increased lengths of stay, you know, uh, reactions with other medications the patient is taking. So there's a lot of reasons, you know, inter- antibiotic stewardship is important. There are a lot of reasons to avoid giving it. Um, I guess the one time that things get really, really complicated is what do you do with the Foley patients who comes in with a chronic indwelling Foley and their urine culture comes back positive? Um, Arun, I don't know if you have any suggestions on, you know, when do you treat that? Do you have to change the Foley? Yeah. You know, is there any data yeah, so, there? so,
1: you know, I, I think a lot, you know, especially for us when we're, when we're on the wards, we see a lot of uh, a lot of elderly patients come in with with uh, altered altermental status. Um, and, you know, a lot of times people can, people say, you know, it could be a fever equivalent in older patients and the automatic, um, you know, knee jerk reaction is to screen uh, for uh, asymptomatic bacteria in these patients with chronic follies. Um Most you know, I, I would bet money on it that it will come back positive uh, with some type of um, organism, and it could, even MDR, ESBL organisms, like we were discussing, could possibly be uh, positive. Um, you know, I think from, from the reading I've done and uh, what I've seen, uh, you know, if these patients are septic um, and you need to treat, then you treat. But, um, you know, if there's no symptoms, uh, you know, I would recommend trying to find, trying to get a good history, reaching out to family or the facilities where they came from to try to identify um, some, some other factors about what could, could possibly causing this change in mental status, um, instead of just empirically treating, right. causing resistance, causing possible adverse reactions, uh, that, that's what I would say for my it's, end.
0: It's definitely an easy cop out to say exactly. they have UTI yes. and they're confused, but yeah. you should definitely dig deep and convince yourself to treat it. Um, the other thing that we commonly think of doing, let's say the culture comes back positive, do we have to change the Foley catheter? And there's not necessarily great evidence to that. The catheter is gonna be colonized no matter what you do. Um, I believe uh, Medicaid guidelines uh, are to do it monthly. And that's what urologists will actually get paid for is a monthly exchange just to prevent infections and other complications. So, um, you know, if, if my patient's being admitted uh, with, obviously with an overt UTI pile or something like that, I'm gonna change the Foley. But if it's just colonized and there's bacteria, I might just leave the Foley if it was just exchanged a couple of days prior.
1: Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, just a couple other things that for people to keep in mind, like prevalence of asymptomatic bacteria, especially in women, increases with age. Um, especially, we see a lot of people, you know, not having as as much of a thirst drive; they're not drinking as much water, and this, you know, can kind of. Uh, <laughs> I know I said Dr. Gump it off with that comment, but uh, you know, it could, it's a, something that doesn't help the situation. So, um, you know, I think that's one thing I, I have to add. And then uh, something else is pyuria in the urine does not mean uh, UTI, uh, does not mean uh, bacteria. I think that's something that people kind of automatically, uh, you know, say that they're they, they equal, but uh, that's, there's actually not a good correlation and there's studies on that too, so.
0: All right, well, uh, I think that kind of wraps up our asymptomatic bacteria talk. So basically take-home points. Um, if you have 100,000 colony forming units Uh, And there's no symptoms, burning frequency, you know, uh, urgency of urination, you're asymptomatic. You don't have to treat those unless it's a pregnant patient, a a urologic procedure patient, or a recent kidney transplant patient. You don't necessarily have to change the Foley for this. Um, And then um, just, you know, antibiotic stewardship in general is important. So this is definitely a high yield topic for boards. And absolutely, you know, some boards topics you'll never see in real life. And this is a board's topic you'll see weekly. So just make sure you're practicing antibiotic stewardship out there. And uh, sometimes it's not, it's okay not to treat every little thing. So, all right. Thanks for coming to our talk.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Hi,